But what do you know about Hanukkah? Here we are in the midst of it, as it were, the fifth day of Hanukkah, and Hanukkah is sixth day of Hanukkah. Sorry. It goes fast. You've got to keep up. Sixth day of Hanukkah. <laughs> Those of us who are not Jewish, who maybe have only a cursory knowledge of the celebration from the outside looking in, as it were, what comes to mind? For me, once I move beyond those embarrassing cultural missteps of a dominant culture seeking to interpret everything only in relation to itself and deciding because of the time of year, Hanukkah must be Jewish Christmas. Once I got past that conception of childhood, wondering what it would be like to get presents, not only on Christmas, but a present for each of eight days. Once I got past that, for me, in recent years, I have thought of the miracle I had heard about connected with Hanukkah. The story of the Maccabees battling to victory against their oppressors and taking refuge in their holy temple and a one-day supply of oil lasting for eight days, inspiring the lighting of a candle each of eight days, inspiring that special nine-candle menorah called a Hanukkah. Is that close? Hanukkah is about light. A Jewish celebration reported by the historian Josephus in the first century to be called simply lights and now known often as the festival of lights. We are singing light one candle. We will be singing this little light of mine. The name of the sermon is don't let the lights go out for goodness sake. Light is an important metaphor here. But another piece of this, a more central piece of this, has risen to my awareness this year, and that revolves around dedication. Dedication, rededication, and renewal. Dedication not only to a cause, but to the cherished values that inspire that cause. The story from 1 Maccabees that you heard in the reading is, as I understand it, the earliest story of what came to be celebrated as Hanukkah. First Maccabees is not a part of the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible. Um, in my edition of the Christian Bible, it is included as an apocryphal book. You will notice that the miracle of the oil supply is not mentioned. That story first appears some 600 years later in the Talmud. But the story we find in Maccabees is all about purifying and rededicating the temple. And it does speak of lighting candles in that context. While sometimes called the Festival of Lights, Hanukkah is also known as the Feast of Dedication. Hanukkah in Hebrew, as you heard in the story, means dedication. The Greek term that is used for it means the renewals. The Aramaic word means renewal or to make new. Purification. Dedication. Rededication. Renewal. Don't let the light go out. What does that look like today? 
in the struggles for justice and equity and compassion, and in the ways that they inevitably and often necessarily intertwine with political maneuvering and electoral contests and the battling for power, how are we doing with dedication, rededication, and renewal? In a system that punishes honest admission and applauds belligerent denial and talks of pardoning rather than reconciliation and values party over principle and labels introspection as weak and unreflective action as strong and labels common respect as politically correct and labels dropping to one's knee for what's right as an unforgivable wrong. And of course, it's easy for me to point a finger out at them and not take stock of myself. Am I rededicating myself each day to what's really important? Am I purifying myself of the desire to crush the opposition? Of the part of me that seeks revenge over renewal? of the part of me that isn't so concerned about building a new land as finally, finally, finally reigning over the old one and being able to use its tools, however corrupted and corrupting, to get what I want. Don't let the light go out. It is true that we must sustain the light in times of oppression and injustice, when we feel defeated in our struggles, when we can lose sight of our own worth, when we can lose touch with the meaning of what we profess, when we feel like we may be drowning in despair. Those are times we must reacquaint ourselves with the light in each of us and realize that power together, when we must remind ourselves that every one of us can bring the light of love to the world. It is also true that we must sustain the light when we succeed in our struggles. When we win the battle, the election, the decision, when we are granted power in whatever manner that may happen, personally, professionally, politically, formally, or informally, suddenly, I can see how easy it is from this vantage point to profess values rather than practice them. To worship and honor the prophets, to lavishly celebrate their words and deeds, rather than heed their warnings. To use the tools of the existing powers and structures of evil, rather than confront them with justice, compassion, and the transforming power of love. I'm reminded of the words to a song by the rock band, The Who. I will read the words. <laughs> and many of you can sing along in your head. Because though I try to do Roger Daltrey in the shower, it never quits. The general context for this is that there has been a revolution and a new regime has taken power. There's nothing in the streets looks any different to me. And the slogans are replaced by the by. And a parting on the left is now a parting on the right. And the beards have all grown longer overnight. 
I'll tip my hat to the new constitution, take a bow for the new revolution, smile and grin at the change all around, pick up my guitar and play, just like yesterday. But then I'll get on my knees and pray we don't get fooled again. Why is it that the revolutions of today become the oppressive regimes of tomorrow? Why is it that Democrats and Republicans in this country in endless loops on cable news channels point their fingers at one another and shout, sure, you think it's wrong now, but you didn't mind it when you were in power. Or sure, it's okay for you to do now, but you didn't like us doing it when you were in the minority. And it may be the, one of the few times, it may be the only time I can say this, they're all correct. They're all absolutely right when they make those accusations. Doesn't matter who is saying it to who or whom. Because it's not about revolutionaries or dictators or Democrats or Republicans. It's about humans and human nature and the corrupting but so enticing temptations of power held and the courage with which we must, we must engage in self-reflection and purification and dedication and rededication and renewal. It's human nature. On a very simple level, your stereotype of me is horribly unjust. My stereotype about you, well, stereotypes are based on something. <laughs> I get on my knees and pray we don't get fooled again. I have to face it when I am fooled. It is most often because I am fooling myself. I remember Kellyanne Conway <laughs> when asked if then-President-elect Trump's tweets were presidential, said, well, he's the president-elect, so that's presidential behavior, yes. CNN host Jake Tapper pressed her a bit, hearkening back to Bill Clinton and asked, you are saying if the president does it, it's presidential? <laughs> I wasn't saying otherwise, Conway insisted, which is an interesting way of saying yes. And I recount this not to poke fun. Okay, not only to poke fun. <laughs> At Kellyanne Conway. But to regretfully acknowledge that this tendency, although not always so blatantly expressed, this tendency is also a part of human nature. It's a part of my human nature. It's all too easy to jump from trying to do the right thing to deciding that if I did it, it must be right as I'm a pretty nice guy and I wouldn't do it if it weren't right, right? And I have to remind myself that saying the right words, wearing the right T-shirt, supporting the right causes, being a member of the right congregation, all of those are fine things, especially that part about the congregation. <laughs> but none of that keeps the light from going out. To sustain that light, to tend the flame, requires a regular practice of self-reflection and purification and dedication and rededication and renewal. I need to continually ground myself in what I know 
really matters. I must ready myself for the sacrifices that may require. I must resist the enticement to use what power I have to put someone down rather than lift someone up. What if, when a president took office, instead of an inauguration, we as a nation performed a purification? Purification, not of any one individual, but of the whole. We, you and me. What if we conducted a rededication as a people to the best of the values we claim? What if we not only raised up our highest aspirations, but acknowledged specifically the ways in which we had failed to meet, sometimes even failed to attempt those aspirations? Not the way they have failed to meet those aspirations, but the ways in which we all have failed to meet those aspirations. What if we sought forgiveness Not so that we could be excused, but rather empowered toward reconciliation. Not as a way to sidestep responsibility, but as a way to renew ourselves and our vision of what we can be. Our services here are about dedication and rededication and renewal and purification. Our new member recognition services are not only about the dedication of new members, but the rededication of all who gather. We remember and remind ourselves of our mission, our covenant, our principles. Our child dedication services are not only about the dedication of each family to the children, but about the rededication of the entire congregation to making the world a place that is worthy of these young lives. Our memorial services are not only a dedication of love and respect to those who have passed, but a rededication of all who gather to nurturing grateful hearts for this existence and remembering that every one of us can bring the light of love to the world. Our services every week remind us of our highest aspirations, Call us to a purification of purpose, a renewal of our vision, a rededication to the things we hold most dear. Don't let the light go out. The light. Now, if we are talking about the light that is the source of each light, the light that shines through all of life, I'm not sure that we have control one way or the other. And that is more than a little reassuring. Just as we did not kindle it, we cannot put it out. There is a mystery within me, and try as I may, I cannot come to the end of it. It teaches me reverence for the unfathomable wonder at my core. Yet while we don't have control over the light of life, we can participate in it. We need not hide our individual light from the world and from our very selves, buried under the transient satisfactions of heedless ambition or fearful separation or imagined isolation. We can join our light with the lights of others and feel connected with the light that shines through all of life. Don't let the lights go out. These lights. Each of our lights. May the flame in this chalice remind us that every one of us can bring the light of love to the world. 
May this clear flame be a symbol that every heart can burn bright with joy, peace, and harmony. May we rededicate ourselves to our highest aspirations. May we renew our trust in the light we each carry. May we purify the source from which our actions arise such that each of us can bring the light of love to a world sorely in need of love. So may it be. Happy Hanukkah. Sixth day of Hanukkah.